oh man, where's that paper? I had the quote on it. Maybe you misfiled it. I've never misfiled. <laughs> I've never misfiled anything, Kobe. Not ever. Not once. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I'm Barry. And this is Kobe. And this is Who Watches This. <laughs> Bum, theme music. Oh, uh, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on, guys? We are on the final movie of Nicolas Cage month. I we could have done like three more months of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I love Nicolas Cage. I don't know if I can handle that much Nicolas Cage. Uh, but we saved the most meme tastic movie of all yes the movie that spawned a thousand memes ah, oh man when that scene came up i was just like wow this <laughs> this movie is longer than i thought and this scene is way more batshit crazy than i thought it was gonna be <sighs> yeah uh, uh I, I really i wanted to do a play-by-play by this but i think i just i can't <laughs> Because I think I could do it in two minutes. Right. We'll just jump from one crazy Nick Cage moment, moment to the next. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know what I'm, we're talking about, we are talking about Vampire's Kiss, the 19, ni- 1988 release of Nicolas Cage in one of his final good hair movies. <laughs> I think... I, I don't think Nicolas Cage was ever born to have a good head of hair. I, right. He has, There's a couple scenes where it is it looks good, but there is a lot of scenes where it does not look good. Oh, especially towards the end of the film. It's a little a little wild. <laughs> I just don't I think his head shape is just not meant for hair. <laughs> you know? But it's probably not also meant for bald. <laughs> it's uh do you think he could you think Nicolas Cage is one of those people that could pull off the bald on top party on the sides? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, Cause it, it's weird. I, um, the, buh, buh, buh. there's a couple movies where he kind of does that thin, pretty thin on top. And, mm, uh, yeah, it's like slick it, black, like slick con back. air. He's pretty thin on top, but yeah. then it's long in the back. <laughs> business on top party on the sides uh, uh yeah I th- but this is definitely like i think the 80s was like his prime hair time yes because after the 90s i think he he per- he has the great like head shape for like that very thin slick back type of hair uh, right yes that's yeah. probably the, the the style that works the best for him yeah. <laughs> uh, but this movie uh it's it's pretty insane. I really like I, I think we're going to talk more about just every crazy moment that he's done versus the actual review like the right cuz I mean you're not watching this movie for the story <laughs> or anything else in it besides Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, so like uh, as I was watching this film guys, uh there was a lot of things coming to mind because uh, there's a lot of underlying themes in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he, it's very, it's one of those movies that's very. It's just him descending onto madness, right? Over a strange, erotic feeling he had at the beginning of the movie. I, yeah, 
and and it kind of just spirals down there. Right. So like you really by the end of the movie you're not really sure what is whatever really was real and what wasn't. Right. Uh, I know there's a lot of unresolved issues in this cuz then it's just like spoiler alert was the was the girl the vampire girl with the very soft boobs ever really a vampire? <laughs> right. Exactly. And the the actress who plays the vampire, she's been in a lot of things because like I recognize her eighties movies. Yeah. Yeah, that era. And, 80, late eighties, early nineties. And she was she, in a bunch of stuff. It's hot. She's eighties hot. And <laughs> early nineties hot. I think if you, if I saw her now, she'd probably be MILF hot. <laughs> probably, yeah. I didn't look it up. I don't know how she's how she's aged. <laughs> I think she aged pretty well. I think uh, I remember her more like recently versus like the more eighties and stuff. I know she was probably in a lot of eighties and nineties films, but it was a really sh- it was a big shame that she did not go full frontal for this movie. <laughs> I think this movie needed more boobs to keep I, me right, engaged. Right, and they showed some, so I mean they should have just showed them all. Uh, maybe it was in her contract. I mean, so one thing I want to say is that she has pasties on. But for the most part, you only ever see awesome side boob. Right. And she had, like, huge pasties on. And I was just thinking to myself, how big are her areolas? (laughs) (laughs) Because they're, like, huge pasties, right? Yes. And Yeah, okay. So, enough. I will not talk about areolas for the rest of this episode. Um, Colby, uh, did you watch this movie when it first came out? I did not. This this was one of those ones where I, I... I remember it coming out, but I I think I was maybe even, I was like 16, and I don't think this was, I don't think I was quite into Nicolas Cage yet. He was still like a pretty fresh face, right? Yeah. I think like Raising Arizona, mm-hmm. I saw that in the theater, but I don't know if I really saw any other Nick Cage movies until like more like Face Off. Yeah. And, like, at that point, then it was like, oh, Nicolas Cage. Well, and then I started seeing Con Air and, like, <laughs> like that whole genre of his. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think Vampire's Kiss is what spawned off Buffy the Vampire Slayer, My Best Friend's a Vampire, I, and the Jim Carrey bam- vampire movie? I see. I was. <laughs> it's really weird. I was actually going to talk about this at the end. Oh. But since you said that about the Jim Carrey, I could totally picture Jim Carrey in Nicolas's cage part in this movie but then it would have made the movie a comedy <laughs> like they would have had to film it as a comedy but I, I there was a number of parts where I thought that I was like I could totally see Jim Carrey doing this Yeah, and I think I think that it was I'm not sure when that Jim Carrey movie came out but I think it was think one it of those like- things where it was like it was they were competing against each other and yeah. it was like one of us has got to come out first and that's going to be the one that everybody remembers. Oh, uh, but it wasn't. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember the vampire Jim Carrey movie, but I remember watching it on Channel 5 in California. Mm, right. <laughs> Once Bitten, I think that's... Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Once Bitten. The other one is My, bare fr- my Best Friend's a Vampire mm-hmm. with the guy from House. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I think the Jim Carrey one totally won. Yeah. Once been there's yeah I I think there was moments in here where I could see Jim Carrey being in it, but there's definitely moments in here that only Nicolas Cage could do. Right. <laughs> right. 
like when he chases his uh, secretary that he's been like torturing or terrorizing in this whole movie. I that that poor girl. <laughs> um, if you guys watch this movie, I want to put a a uh, a warning that there is quite a few like strangely I was not expecting sexual violence in this movie. Uh, yeah. And they don't even they allude to it but they don't show it. Yeah. And so I don't even know if it happened or if it was just strongly threatened enough that it made made her well obviously I mean like if that gets threatened it makes you uncomfortable and you don't want to go back to work oh yeah and and that is completely a legitimate threat yeah I mean that's 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 a yeah you don't do that (laughs) he would have he should have definitely talked to the HR department and uh, oh she should have yeah oh yeah I mean it's weird because like during that part of the movie he's already going through this like psychotic break (laughs) right and um, so you don't know if he just like I mean any unwanted contact is already sexual assault right right Uh, but we don't know if he actually does it or if he stops midway when he starts to hallucinate yeah right but it was kind of an uncomfortable scene to watch. I, right, right. The oh, dialogue yeah. leading up to it was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, even by 80s standards, that's kind of bad. <laughs> so, I, so what do you think this movie was supposed to be when it first came out? Do you think it was supposed to be like a, a comedy or was it supposed to be some sort of psychological thriller? I think it was supposed to be a psychological thriller. I mean, you if. If it's a comedy, I mean, if it was meant to be a comedy, it is definitely a dark comedy. Like, it is, it is like, because you leave and you're like, that movie was funny, but, like, there's never a part in the movie where you actually laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. I, I think it was just the ridiculousness of the movie was like, wow, uh, that was kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> But I think if you have to think about it, it's not supposed to be funny. Right. Right. Well, like, okay, so, like, think about the time, like, that it came out. 1988, if you had watched it in the theater, what would have been your takeaway if you think about the moviescape during that time? Um, there's, there's a, certainly a lot more um, that, that happened in the movie, like, that is much more less politically accepted now than oh, it was it in the 80s. I mean, obviously, in the 80s, uh, y- you could be, you shouldn't have been, but, like, you got a, a way of more being that boss that could push around the girls or mm. flirt with the girls in your office. That was kind of before the that whole uh, revolution, that, that first... Me Too Revolution. Yeah, and that's that's just that's like recently too, right? Which is insane to me. But I remember, I remember probably mid nineties. My dad worked for the government, and he he was like he and his whole group of uh, you know coworkers all had to. Yeah. They took a day off. And they went and they did this like sexual harassment training. Poli- yeah, the sexual harassment, this political political correctness like 
seminar that they did for I don't know, I think it feels like it was like a weekend yeah kind of thing and I remember him saying that it was like him coming home and it was like you know talking about it, like handshakes and it was only appropriate to have handshakes the first time you met somebody and there was yeah. you know, no hugging and no uh, <laughs> commenting on somebody's like dress or you know <laughs> yeah that. I remember I, I've seen a couple of those videos before where like you know I, I think one of the more ridiculous ones was from the office with like the their, their sexual training video in the, one of the episodes was like does the carpet match the drapes <laughs> But yeah, so 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 it, so it, it was a lot of the things in this movie was probably normal for the time, right? Right, right. Uh, it was like still like he shouldn't be able to get away with that, but you knew it was going on. Yeah, you knew that that was that was an exaggeration of the norm. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I'm pretty sure there's definitely were like during that, especially during that time, bosses that would act like Nicolas Cage acted in this film. Oh, right, right. right. Oh, man. Um, so like we're really, I, I could really just do this movie plot in like two minutes because a lot of it, it's just Nicolas Cage being crazy. I, right. So I am going to do it in two minutes and we're going to just talk about <laughs> the funny <laughs> stuff or like the weird Nicolas Cage stuff that happened in this film. Uh, so if you guys, <clears throat> when you guys watch this film, just, I'm going to skip over a lot of the sexual violence because it, it's like a, it was uncomfortable to watch and it's, it, it is. I'm like, and that's, that's, that's one of those weird things. Even like, I always remember that like sexual violence is a, something that certainly makes me feel uncomfortable in movies yeah. and it always has. I'm um, like, I see somebody like shoot a dog with a shotgun or whatever, you know, in one of those kind of <laughs> silly, not in a realistic way, but like. Like, you know, in some of those movies or whatever, or, you know. Yeah. But, like, rape has always been some one of those things where it's like, oh. Yeah. Well, that's that's going to be in that movie. I'm I probably just not going to watch that movie. Yeah. I mean, like, so there's, there's, like, certain movies where, like, you understand why it's in the film. Like, there was that one Vietnam film with Michael J. Fox, John Leguizamo, and mm. then they had those scenes in it. Uh, right. But it's definitely, it's just, it's more portraying what probably did happen. I mean, you know, I used to watch a Filipino show where, like, they would talk about people, like, people would write in about their story, their life stories, and, you know, it happened during the whole Japanese, like, inter like uh, occupation in the Philippines. So, right. like, if the movie, if, if it requires it to make a statement or to show what happened, then, like, I'm not comfortable with it, but I understand why it's in the, uh, you know. Right. This one, <laughs> this one, I was just like, um... Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> it, it it because of the context of the film, it's it's m more uncomfortable, and especially the dialogue leading up to it was like, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else could do that, but Nicholas Cage. I, right, and it's weird because it's almost like it wasn't it wasn't like planned, and then she's like, "Please don't," and he's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I could do that." And I will. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, the movie really starts. Nicolas Cage is out at a bar with his girlfriend, I'm, I'm assuming. Right. He's he's very yuppie. He's he's very well off. Um, and he is um, literary. Uh, uh, I know he's a stock or something like a bank investor or 
something like that. Is that what it is? Or well, he, I know he, he deals with contracts because the contracts is very right. important in the movie. Right. Uh, uh, but I think he's either I don't maybe he's not a stockbroker because it doesn't seem like that. We never get a shot of him in Wall Street. Uh, yeah, I guess they don't really ever. Yeah. But he's he's doing something kind of important because uh, like later on in the movie when they're talking about how he harassed the the secretary the main secretary uh they're just like laughing about it and they're like kind of relaxed so he's sort of a big wig yeah in that company um but yeah he's he's in the beginning of the movie he's pretty well off uh he well, in the beginning of the movie he's at a psychiatrist right who later we find out i don't think existed I, right. Yeah. Because, so, I think maybe that was a precursor to let you know that, hey, this guy has a few tacos short of a combo <laughs> or a couple screws loose. Uh, because we, we never know if the psychiatrist actually existed or not based on a scene later on in the film. Uh, but, yeah, we, we later see him. He's about to, you know, ha- engage in intercourse with his girlfriend. Right. Uh, but all of a sudden... There's like this huge fat bat. <laughs> like, I mean, it's practical effects, but it's just like comically huge. <laughs> right. It looks- I, and like I, the window is obviously open in his upstairs New York high rise apartment. So yeah. a, a bat has flown in. But it looks like a guinea pig with wings. I, we, yeah, it does not <laughs> really look super baddish. Yeah. Um, but his girlfriend runs out. He tries to chase it out. Uh, but for some reason, he tells a psychiatrist that while the bat was in there, he had become aroused. Right. Uh, like the battle between him and this mammoth bat was uh, was arousing to him. Um, but yeah, and so uh, him and his girlfriend leave, uh, I, I think, probably to go to her place to have sex. Right. Um and then, you know, he goes to work, he harasses this, his secretary looking for a contract for a major, for like a contract with a major company. And that's pretty much her task throughout this whole film is to find this contract that, that may, may or may not exist. Right. Right. Uh, later on, he goes to the bar again, but he, he sits, he sits with like, he sits with this girl, uh, um, vampire I guess because when they go back to his place they start to almost have sex and then she bites and feeds on him right but doesn't turn him into a vampire I guess like you know in vampire lore there's always like, like humans that are like feeders or whatever yeah where they, yeah. they never get dr- like sucked dry they like you know whatever uh, but she tries t- she's she has him under his control uh, he tries to make up with his girlfriend after leaving her at the art museum. Right. You know, and then she, he calls her, tries to go out with her again. But then the vampire is like, oh, I'm very jealous. Yep, I'm a jealous mistress. Yeah. And then so they go like and he's sort of on some sort of mind control, which like vampires in vampire lore tend to have. Right. I I felt a lot like it was uh like from the like original stories like where you have uh um Dracula or Vlad and and then they had Renfield yeah. who was the that guy who went insane because he wanted to be a vampire yeah. but he, he like was dr- never like Dracula never turned him and yeah. he was always just like I'll do whatever you want just just <laughs> you know I want to be one of you. Yeah. <laughs> but you know um 
so yeah they go to feed uh, his girlfriend tells her to stay out of his life and then we sort of go into this weird spiral of madness where Nicolas Cage keeps thinking he's becoming a vampire slowly and slowly right he, he become he he convinces himself that he becomes more sensitive to light <laughs> so he's wearing glasses indoors <laughs> giant blue blockers yeah. like this hideous grandma glasses yeah it's the glasses that you they make you wear after you get like cataract surgery or, <laughs> or after you get your eyes dilated um uh what's it called he he starts to have uh what's it called like he starts to be repelled by the uh, the cross uh, yep um the scene where it really turns around for him though is as he's terrorizing his secretary he sexually assaults her uh she tries to shoot him with the gun uh but it's filled with blanks right because the gun was given to her by from her brother and so uh what's it called when she because she, she took the, the, the subway, and he yeah. was like, you're never going to shoot anybody, but here's a gun. Just pull it out of your purse, and whoever's bothering you is going to you know, run yeah, off. Because, run off. Yeah. Uh, so when she asked her when she asked her brother for actual bullets, he's like, we don't have bullets here. Right. <laughs> uh, we have blanks. She's like, fine, just give me the blanks, and I'll at least be able to pop one off. And so as she tries to pop it off, he's like, kill me, just kill me. Right. And I... And I certainly feel at that point like he he wants her to kill him yeah because he's like i'm turning into this this monster. monster and and i just i don't want to be here anymore yeah uh but yeah, yeah then he sexually assaults her uh in the middle of it he has a hallucination of the vampire yep and then he tries to take her gun and shoot himself in the and commit suicide but then it's not killing him. Yeah, he puts it in his mouth and he pulls the trigger twice <laughs> and totally feeds into this, this delusion that he <laughs> has because now he's like, oh my God, I'm immortal. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's bonkers. This, movie, this whole movie is just nuts. And so after that, he goes to a club and like, well, okay. So before that, he actually goes to a, a prop store Right, because because he's trying to figure out why his fangs aren't coming in, <laughs> and uh, he can't uh, for some reason he can't afford the fiber, what fiber version of the vampire teeth? Yeah, and so he buys like the candy teeth that you would get, <laughs> which is ridiculous. It's dollar ninety nine pair of like plastic vampire teeth. It's it's the it's the teeth that every kid gets when he wants to dress up like Dracula. It's. And yeah. it's way too small for his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and so he goes into a club. He's for some reason, this girl is like sitting somewhere that no other person is I will run. around like and she's rubbing her nose. I'm like, she's like in the Coke room. I think <laughs> I don't know. It's the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know. At first, like, Nicolas Cage sort of comes off like, oh, he's so quirky, you know, because he comes with his, like, little vampire teeth. And, and he his... can't barely talk because he's got vampire teeth in. <laughs> and and so she's interested. He, she thinks he's funny. Until he try, until he goes on her, he puts his hand on her chest and then goes underneath her shirt to I... feel her boobs. Yes. Which is like, whoa. 
Right. So, because he starts off like feeling her throat and you're like, she's all like thinking they're going to be like necking and yeah. that's it. And then he goes straight for the boob. <laughs> like a, like a prepubescent yeah. teenage boy yep. Yep. getting the chance to touch a boob for the first time. <laughs> oh man. And then, so she, she acts accordingly. She slaps the shit out of him, which, you know, you should defend yourself. And, and absolutely in most parts that's that's a perfect time for you to slap somebody and then storm off or call the police yep because you you've been assaulted right. uh, but he quickly overpowers her and then n- the vampire necks her with like these plastic teeth and she dies right I think he kind of Oh, you got he, the carotid artery or something like something that? Something like that. Because then afterwards, like, they fall out while he's trying to bite her. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Because <laughs> he's actually got to put them back in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess she probably bleeds out. Because I think he got her, like, yeah, where her artery would be in the neck. Right. And so she bleeds out. He leaves the room, throws up, because you can't drink blood. <laughs> Right, right. And then people just leave. Like, they just leave. There's blood all over him. They're like, oh, this guy's crazy. I, right, but he's got these stupid plastic teeth in, so they're all like, he's like, oh, he early cosplayer. Drugs. I don't know. <laughs> he must be He must be on drugs. Uh, but yeah. Rebecca, or like, I think her name was Rebecca. The vampire comes in, tells, like, you know, tells Nicolas Cage, you're pathetic. I would never turn you into one of mine and all that stuff. And then this handsome blonde haired vampire comes in and they're like yeah bro you're not gonna be a vampire right they they leave and then nicholas case chases after them in the middle of the dance floor when he finally reaches her she acts like she, she remembers him from the restaurant or whatever they had met at right but like that was it yeah but that she never went home with him that she's not a Vampire, obviously not a vampire. Yeah, um, and then so they escort him out because he's like harassing her and her partner or her boyfriend or whatever it is. And then at that point, you don't know if she is or isn't a vampire, right? Right. (laughs) And so it they just leave it at that. Like that's it. Like was she a vampire? I don't know. (laughs) Um. But after this whole killing thing, he walks around all over New York, I, I'm guessing, because it's daytime. Yeah. And at this point, his secretary that he had assaulted tells her brother that she was sexually assaulted. Right. And so, they, you know, they're, they're, they went in front of his house to go find him because he was going to handle him. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> Nicholas Cage, he hallucinates that he's at his psychiatry's, uh, psychiatrist's office. And obviously, this would never happen. But she was like, "Oh, I have another patient that I think you would work out perfectly well." Right? Because he's with. all like, "He's all like, yeah, I don't want you to be my psychiatrist because you're trying to fix me, and all I really need is love." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, why didn't you say so? I have another patient that's just like you. I think you guys would be a perfect match." Yeah. But as they like go to his house, he has like this fight with himself. Right. Mm. This and like, and she's imaginary. Yeah, and he's like, "Get out of here! Get right. out of here!" So by the time they get home, he's already broken up with her. Yeah, <laughs> and he's been carrying around this piece of wood that he picked up like in the night. Yeah, that is... he's tried to use as a stake on himself, and he's asked a few people to stab him, and they're all like, well, 
Yeah, get out of here, homeless person. <laughs> yeah, because at this point he's disheveled. He has blood all over himself. <laughs> right, crazy. Uh, but yeah, the the secretary's brother comes into his apartment as he is hidden underneath his couch because that is his makeshift coffin. Right, and so he pulls the couch over uh, off of him, and then Nicholas Cage just puts the stake on his heart, and then the brother's like, "Well, you assaulted my sister, so I'm gonna kill you." And and then the movie just ends. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Colby, uh, any takeaways before we go to uh, f- favorite parts of this movie? <laughs> um, just like your thoughts after, like as soon as the credits rolled. That it was like that. This Nicolas Cage makes this movie, and this movie would have been pretty weak without him <laughs> well, I mean like if it was Jim Carrey it definitely would have been a different movie right because right man this movie barely this movie's legs are, are all rely on Nicolas Cage's weird acting yes um one of my thoughts uh, after the credits just all abruptly started uh, maybe they just had they didn't have any more money to continue this movie but this movie was two hours long and I was like oh my god it's two hours long. Um, no, one of the things I could not wrap my head around while I was watching this movie is like, is Nicolas Cage British or is he doing a New York mixture accent with Keanu Reeves? He is doing some weird accents because there's about three times where his voice gets louder. Yeah. And then it's totally 100% Nicolas Cage's voice. <laughs> And then as soon as he kind of calms down, he goes back to that weird accent. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sure what nationality or what, where he's getting that from, but it is, it is a little weird. It is. It's distracting, right? It is. Because when I was watching it, I was like, I don't know if Keanu Reeves came out with Bill and Ted during this time. Right. It could have been. But what is he doing? In my mind, I was just like, oh, please just give me the Con Air accent. <laughs> I don't know. And, if it... and I know Nicolas Cage does do different accents for a lot of his movies to like he like I, I believe that he feels that that the change in voice helps portray the character and i mean like you know obviously when you're in the south you're going to be southern yeah. and you know but this was not like this was not a new york accent so it, it, it is not because <laughs> I, I don't know maybe you know what maybe he was a maybe he was living in california for a while and then moved to new york in the middle of his internship i don't know <laughs> it was a mixture of of every American accent there was. Uh, yes. <laughs> when he would go full Nicolas Cage, I was like, okay, it brought me back into the movie. But every time he went into the accent, I think I rolled my eyes pretty hard. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, do you remember? Yeah, because I was like, like, I watched this with my wife and she was, she was, she usually doesn't watch these movies with me because she, like five minutes in, she was like, what? These movies are dumb. Why do you guys watch these? Um, but yeah, she was like, how how young is Nicolas Cage? Because he doesn't sound like that anymore. And I was like, I don't know. He's doing an accent 
but I'm not sure <laughs> who he's trying to be. She's like, he sounds weird. <laughs> um, I, n- n- I think now, like, the older he got, the better the accents got because all of the accents, uh, as he got older, I think it stayed in his, like, natural vocal like range Uh, yeah it was just like it was more lower it was more gritty so he could get away with like a southern accent sort of yeah (laughs) like he and he and i think the older he got the more consistent he got with his accents right so like it never took you out this one he was hopping from a california accent to a new york accent to maybe a boston accent to a chicago accent (laughs) So um, maybe it was like, and oh. that was all in one cab ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And he he dropped some some language I don't think is acceptable today. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, like oh man! I think w- one of the other things was just like like I said earlier is like as soon as the credits rolled, I was like, I think they just run out of money. Like, yeah. <laughs> Right, it, it is a, it is an abrupt ending. I I know in the eighties that was kind of a thing. Like the movies didn't have much of a follow up. Um, well, either they had all the follow up, like they would have like the the you know like a little paragraph of what they did afterwards, or uh, they didn't. Right, right. right. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is like stab credits roll. <laughs> like I guess maybe. Killing Nicolas Cage in this movie is like the end of his suffering and madness. But yeah. that is me reaching into the ether <laughs> and hoping to pull something back. <laughs> that is me sending a spaceship through a wormhole, hoping that they're going to come <laughs> back. There is a lot of reaching in this movie if you are going to watch this film. <laughs> oh, do you remember the scene, like the very, the meme of the movie. Do you remember what happened in that scene? Was it just about the contracts? It was just about the contracts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where he just opens his eyes like as <sighs> wide as he can. I, they do, they do also, sh- they show a, a scene from Nosferatu, the old black and white. Oh, the first movie. First vampire movie. No, I think Nosferatu is like the first film ever. Because I I dated a film major back in the day, and she was like, we have to watch Nosferatu. And I watched it, and I fell asleep, and I did not get any that but, day. But that va- that <laughs> vampire has very big eyes. Yeah. So I don't know if... He was if, channeling. If he was channeling that. It was like, my eyes have to be really big because the first vampire's eyes were really, really big. Was there not any vampire movies in between Nosferatu and this one? <laughs> well, but like even like was it uh, was Bella Lugosi didn't really do the giant eye thing. Um, yeah, neither did um, Commissioner Gordon in Bram Stoker's Dracula. God, what is his name? He's like a super. He's a British actor. You know what I'm talking yes, about, right? Yeah. I'm gonna be really mad because I'm gonna look it up afterwards, and it's like that's a name you should know because he's a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or you know what's it called? Interview with the Vampire. No big eyes in that one. Uh, right. But that's much later. That's that, like yeah. ninety four, ninety five. So yeah, maybe I guess he was channeling that. Or you know what? Maybe maybe this movie is the is you know the secretary right? Maybe this is her hell. 
Right. <laughs> because she'll never find those contracts. And even when she did, that's when she got assaulted. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah, that was that was a, one of those funny things. <laughs> that was a crazy scene. Like, I mean, it led up into the bad scene. But yeah. like that, like, she's like so excited and she runs in she's like i found the i found the contract yeah. i found it and he's <laughs> like too late too oh. late and like and his hair is all just it's flopping around <laughs> flip flopping around oh that i mean in any other instance if nicholas cage was like one of your coworkers at the office that guy was definitely fired right away <laughs> I, right because if he's flopping his hair terrorizing a secretary like that i'm like oh no he might kill everybody one day. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and it is inappropriate at this point um, in history for if your secretary calls in sick to drive oh. to her house yes. and check on her and <laughs> then convince her to come to work. Oh, <laughs> and then terrorize her on the way to that job. Yes. I would have been like, nope. Like the moment she got out to her brother's work, I would have been like, I'm staying here. I, right, that's what I thought she was going to do. Yeah. I didn't even realize it was actually her brother. I was just like, oh, she's, she's just making an excuse to get out of the car and run. Yeah. I would have called the cops. I would have been like, or I would have told my brother, hey, you need to go handle that right now because he's fucking nuts. Right. <laughs> but then he's got this weird, like, existential conversation with the old cab driver about how, like, life's about work and working... To, to fulfill just something. Just f- fulfill, like, you have to fulfill your life so that you can find true love. or And then that kind of changes him and that, that, like, leads almost into that weird conversation that he has with the, just like a pillar in the middle of nowhere that he is believing it is his psychiatrist yeah. who may or may not exist. Well, like, later on, I think, like, uh, ten minutes later after the cab driver scene, there's another scene with the cab driver with his wife in like formal wear. Right. And I'm like, what is happening in this movie? It felt more. I felt like I was trapped in what's it called? Jacob's Ladder with it, with that movie from the guy with Shawshank Redemption and yes. Brad Pitt. I was like, I have no idea where this movie is going. I, I don't. I think this movie was written on what's it called? Co- coffee napkins or diner napkins. And was like, I think this will be a good movie. <laughs> oh man! But like, I do have some. Oh, or it was like this. This movie is. I, I want to make it, but it's not going to be good. So we just got to find that one person that we could put in this that's going to sell the hell out of it. Okay, so <laughs> was there like a copyright issue where like if we don't make this movie now, we're going to lose those copyrights? <laughs> Is this a Fantastic Four dilemma? I, you have to sell it. <laughs> okay, so um, did you have any favorite parts in this movie? <laughs> so I I think I think my favorite bizarre Nicolas Cage part of this is when he uh, when he sh- tries to shoot himself with the blank and it doesn't work, mm-hmm. and then he believes that he's real. And there's this five minute long scene of him just walking down the street yelling, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. Like, and it's New York. So nobody even pays attention. Nobody even turns and looks at him. 
and he's like so distraught that like the world is not paying attention paying attention i mean it's also like okay so if that doesn't give you an idea of what it's like to be living in new york it's also the same logic that you would have if jason from the friday the 13th series right can just walk around new york with a machete and no one is gonna bother <laughs> right you don't want to bother the crazy person you just want to jaywalk into the other side of the street. Uh-huh. That way, at least you have a head start. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, my yeah. one. Uh, do you have another scene? <laughs> you want to talk no, about? No, go. Oh, one of my probably my favorite scenes, and it's the most Nicolas Cage scene in this whole film. To me, I believe, is when he is calling out for Alva, who I just remembered is the secretary's name. Oh, yeah. Yep. And he's like yelling it louder and louder in his office and he's getting more. It's a very wicker man performance. And then he <laughs> finally bursts out of his office and stands up on the desk and he is like, Alva. <laughs> and she's right in front of him and she's like, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then she runs into the bathroom and he's chasing her. And it's probably the most clarity he would ever have in this entire film because he's like i am so sorry uh i don't know it's probably right the last part of humanity he believes he has because he he leaves and he's like i'm acting crazy yeah <laughs> and that's the last time he realizes that he's acting crazy yeah <laughs> Um, <laughs> there uh, is the there's the crazy part where he's talking to a psychiatrist and yeah. he and he's complaining about uh like our opening quote about something being misfiled and oh. he's all like he's all like I've never misfiled anything never once and he like crosses his arm like a pouty kid yeah. and then he's like how hard is it a b and then he goes through the whole alphabet and he's got like <laughs> arm movements for every letter and it's that's another one hundred percent like that. That's that's all Nick right there. Like nobody I mean, else could have pulled that. Scene yeah, off. I mean, I can't. Like, I mean, as crazy and as good of an actor Jim Carrey is, I can't. Ima- I can't imagine him selling that scene. Uh, right. I think if if they had come to Jim Carrey with that scene, he was like, "All right, but I'm gonna go A, B, C, and then X, Y, Z." Like I, 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 or maybe probably on the on the on the script, it's Nicholas Cage definitely went off script on that. Because if you look at how uncomfortable the psychiatrist is, I was like, I don't know what this guy's doing. Right, <laughs> right. I and like, like off script, but in a way where like I feel like Nicholas Cage did that scene alone in his dressing room a hundred times to get it perfect his cadence but nobody else knew that scene was coming and then he came in and they're like we're doing this in one take don't stop (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to kill this scene (laughs) so before we go any further like we're you know we're gonna go to our reviews or anything i just had to ask you does this make your top five list for vampire movies I before you came up with with this movie to me, I was like, I don't think Nicolas Cage has ever been a vampire. <laughs> right? Does this make your top five list? Oh, I don't. 
That that's an interesting question. <laughs> it is it is so not really a vampire movie though. <laughs> but you know, vampire kiss. Technically, there's a vampire in it, even if maybe she's a delusion. Right. I mean, either way, it's good. If she's a delusion, it's good. Or if she's a vampire, it's good. Right. So, I, for me, I would count it as a vampire movie. But does this make your top five? <laughs> um, possibly. Possibly? Oh, I'm going to have to. It's, it's a hard no. <laughs> I can tell you top five from the top of my head. It's going to be Once Bitten, my ba- in no particular order. Once Bitten, My Best Friend's a Vampire, Interview with the Vampire, Blade, and Underground. Or Underworld. Okay. That's that's a pretty that's solid true. five. That's true. And there's, there's, there's five Underworld movies, so that would almost push this to number six, even if there was no other movies. <laughs> Underworld won, because, you know, that's when, like, you know, that's when she... I think that's the first time I ever saw... Kate Beckinsale. Right. And I was like, oh, man, leather. <laughs> and, you know, and like, I think, oh, I think I was like, I was pretty young when I first watched it. And I was just like, oh, right. <laughs> and, but you know what? One of the movies, Interview with the Vampire, if it is on TV, I leave it on. Don't know why. It's a young Brad Pitt and it it's Tom Cruise. It's, but it's mainly Brad Pitt. Ow, to me, that that whole movie was all about the little girl. Oh, oh was Kristen it, Dunst. Prince, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She she was the creepiest little, <laughs> like, oh, she's so cute, but I'm terrified of her. Well, I mean, like, when you, like, if a porcelain doll ever came to life, that's right. definitely, or like those, uh, like, oh, what's it called? Magic the Gathering cards. When there's a vampire girl on it, I always think about Kristen Dunst. Uh, yep. She really killed that role. And, you know, for her first kiss to be Brad Pitt, she said it was terrible. <laughs> but, yeah, for some reason, no matter what, don't know why, I always just leave it on. What's it called? Zora was in it. Oh, what's his face? Antonio Banderas. Oh, he was. That's right. Yeah, he was the vampire that sold out Lestat. Not Lestat. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt. I mean, I'm, I'm not really a big Anne Rice fan. There was more like Anne Rice movies that came out. I don't know why. I think maybe it was cool, like at the end of that movie, that Brad, that Tom Cruise is still alive and they're like in modern day New Orleans, telling the story. Yeah, it's crazy. That movie is also now that I think about it, extra long and super bananas. <laughs> and then you know Blade, because you know Blade was one of the more successful, one of the first successful Marvel movies that came out, right? And you know it's Wesley Snipes. Yeah, after watching him in Demolition Man, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Vampires. Yep. <laughs> yeah, not in my top five. Vampire is <laughs> not in my top five. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I was, I think I think I was just getting excited because we're talking about it. I Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I, like, it's, it's barely a vampire movie, even though I think it's more of a psychological thriller, yeah. I guess. Uh, uh, we're going to go to the reviews before we talk about this a little bit more, just because I want to, you know, I don't want to rush at the end about these reviews. But um, if, if this is your first time uh, listening on us, our review system is stream it, DVD it, Blu-ray it and Ultimate Box Collection. Right. Uh, so, Kobe, where are, you, where are you at with this movie? 
So um, I, I think you're going to go to Ultimate Box Collection, <laughs> even though uh, you said this, because when I was looking for this movie, I was like, where is it playing? And then I... Uh, I looked to see if it was on Prime, and Prime pulls up the actual DVDs as well, and I believe this is triple, triple cubed together with uh, my best friend and Once Bitten. Oh, and this, this movie, and I think it's probably because they all came out about the same time. <laughs> uh, that's unfair, <laughs> because two of them are so good. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, where are you at? <laughs> um, I had never seen this before and, um, it is like, it is totally Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> it, it's, I think, I think it'd probably go DVD. I, I'd love to have this in the collection yeah, just so I could have it easy to find. Um, because there was there was like a maybe a couple versions of this movie and some of them are no longer in print a, available yeah because there was a couple places where I found this and they're like you know I was like oh there it is dude and I went to watch it and it was like not available <laughs> and then and then even on on uh, like Prime there's two copy like a director's cut or something like and, that and one of them is like currently not available and the other one like was because I was like I was like. <sighs> Yesterday, I was like, oh, my God, I was not going to be able to do this review because I haven't seen the movie yet. <laughs> now it's piqued my interest. What right. are these so, other ones? So I think I think I have to grab it on DVD just so that it's it's easily accessible because like it is, like we said, so meme-tastic <laughs> that and, and it's one of those ones where it's like it's it's low enough on the radar that I don't think most people have even heard of it oh definitely like i mean i'm pretty sure when that meme scene comes out they're like oh my god this is where it's from right yep <laughs> um okay so for me standalone i could live with just streaming it <laughs> but because it has two out of the five favorite vampire movies in my list God, I really hate to go <laughs> ultimate box collection, but I might. <laughs> <laughs> like it'll be the this the what's it called this the uh, the stepchild, the evil stepchild <laughs> of of that box collection because I really like I really do still love like Once Bitten and my best friends a vampire just because I like you know growing up without cable you live for the Sunday night local movie cha- local movie night right where it was coming on at like six or eight and you would and for some reason they would always show the jim carrey and and the the house guy right and and i totally remember both those because it was like the era of uh like the beginning of the reign of blockbuster and and i remember like every weekend going down there and it was that you know gotta find a movie that is fun that i want to see that's family appropriate enough that you know we can watch it for uh you know like sunday dinner yeah uh wait okay colby one question before uh before we get to the end of this film is logan's run a real movie it is Uh uh-huh because i've only seen it i've only heard about it from friends is it the sexiest movie that came out during that time (laughs) because in the episode that uh, that Ross is sitting with Denise Richards, who on this show is his cousin. Oh, yes. On Friends. Yep. On I Friends. That. 
he he has a existential crisis i believe because he's like why would she want to rent logan's run the sexiest movie ever and open a bottle of wine oh she wants me <laughs> so it is kind of like a love story i, be- I believe the it is like one of those things where it's like the kids run the world, but at like a certain age, they have to sacrifice themselves at like 18 or whatever. And then like, it's like this love story of the guy and the girl and they're at that age. And now they have to, they have to run. Oh, it's Logan's run to try to, <laughs> to escape from the civilization where they're going to get put to death because they're now 18. And, and maybe it's not 18. Maybe it's like 25. I can't remember. It's been well, uh, yeah, probably, eons maybe, since I've seen that. Maybe 25 because then they still have to reproduce. Right. Right. Okay. All right. So, I mean, sorry, guys. A total big side note is just because Kobe had mentioned, you know, like movie night. And I was wondering if you've ever rented Logan's Run to get some. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. No, I have not pushed that envelope. I. <laughs> You've never blockbustered and chilled with Logan's Run. <laughs> oh, so who question? Another question. Was there ever a movie that you did rent on a date night, hoping it would lead to getting some? Um, I don't. Early dating, I was pretty much just like, I want to rent this movie because I want to see it because I am dumb in my head, you know. <laughs> and it was, it was like, I'm, you know, you pick the movie if if you, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I did. I, I watched a lot of like rom coms. Yeah. Uh, to to try to at least get the cuddle in. Yeah, get the the mood going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Twilight sounds dumb. But oh. uh, that that one that one got the the ladies. I really hate that that happened for me too. Yeah, that got me uh, to third base. I'm pretty sure you guys know what third base is, <laughs> and I'm really sad. For me, I thought that there was gonna be a movie for you that was like that would play that um that one song from the Family Man, the Baron. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> I don't want to like mouth it because I don't know the words, but um, <laughs> I thought there was going to be like a movie for like your generation. Right. Because sadly for my generation, I think it was fucking Twilight and I hate it so much. I hate that I got to third base on Twilight. Right. Weirdly enough, one of the other movies that I got someone was Shrek 2. And I also hate myself for having <laughs> that memory. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Oh, man, guys. Um, I, <laughs> we're coming up on our hour. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us. This was one of the other episodes where we really get out of our shell, which I think we've been doing lately. <laughs> but I hope you guys enjoyed like our me and Kobe's discussion on this crazy bananas <laughs> bananas film, right? Uh, because it, de- I mean, okay. So if you guys, if you never watched it, give it a watch. Right, it warrants a view. Huh? It warrants it, yeah. a view. I mean, if you want to see the origin of one of Nicholas Ca- Nicholas Cage's iconic memes, then I, I definitely think you have to watch this film. And he eats a cockroach, a live <sighs> cockroach. They pay him extra to eat the cockroach. Was that real? It's a real cockroach, and he 
you could tell how much he doesn't want to really eat that cockroach mm. because he does like a dog eating a cockroach kind of chew on it. Like it's just, oh, and then like, and then it the cuts away. But yeah, I would rather show my penis <laughs> than eat a fucking cockroaches are so great. Every time and you I, kill it, there's like that white I stuff. I believe when it was released in the movie theater, they cut that scene because Ugh. it was like too graphic. Ugh. Um, and then it was like, there was, because I remember way back when there was like a joke about how Ooh. it was like they paid him extra to eat a live cockroach and then they didn't even show it. Oh, but I think maybe me? it got added back in when it came out to DVD or, or a VHS or whatever it was. I think if the director asked me to eat a cockroach, my counter offer is, would you like to see my penis? <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, it's not the most impressive, but I'd rather show that than eat a cockroach. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, there's like been other people that have eaten insects like John Leguizamo when he was the violator. Right. But that's definitely going to be a one take for me. Yes. Like, or it's going to be like, no, I think you could edit me eating a cockroach. Do we have some kind of mock cockroach that I could... <laughs> Possibly uh... like a jelly of some sort, <laughs> you know, because I will pick up a cockroach, but I will not put it in my mouth. <laughs> just like um, that one musician says, I'll do anything. Just not that. Yep. <laughs> what was this? Guy? What was that? Guy's that was name? Meatloaf. Meatloaf. There you go. I was going to say like Hamlet because <laughs> I knew it was some sort of like food. <laughs> yep. Oh man, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and a um, shocking confession for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys will tune in for next month. We don't know when it's gonna be because we don't know when these episodes will release. But that is true. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, down below we have our show notes. It's gonna be our email and our Twitter handle uh, soon. I'm I think I'm gonna make it Instagram. I don't know what I'm gonna Instagram about though. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys, uh, yeah, if you guys have anything you guys want to request, please shoot us an email or hit us up on direct message on Twitter and we would definitely look into like those requests. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be a lot of fun if, uh, people, it, yeah. people suggest stuff. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoy this show. I'm Barry. This is Kobe. And this is who watches this. If you guys want to check out who does our theme music, it's Lee Rosevere. It's called Arcade Montage. Her band camp is down below. Thank you.